with Jesus, either you see the best come out of people or you see the worst come out of people, of whatever is in the hearts. Like Jesus reveals the heart of the person and in his own unique way. And the heart of that person comes to the surface. Even if that person has been hiding, has been deceiving, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, eventually that the wolf takes off its, or the sheep takes off its mask and shows itself as a wolf. And so that's what we have in the gospel today. On the surface, it appears that this gospel is very joyful. But there's something underlying the gospel also. It's, it's very dark, very sinister, where the cross is there right before Jesus' eyes. And so in the gospel today, Jesus and his apostles are in a house in Bethany. The other gospels say it was the house of Simon the leper. And it's interesting because in tradition, one of the apostles, Simon, was called Simon the leper, who was healed by Jesus. Was this one of the apostles' home? And so they had a dinner there. So you can imagine, it's, it's a big dinner. There's Jesus, there's one, there's 12 hungry apostles. Remember, they were fishermen, they were hungry apostles. So there's 13. There's Lazarus, so that's 14. There's Mary, that's 15. And then there's Martha herself, which is 16. So we're talking a lot of people. And one person, there, there's three characters in the gospel that represent the good. Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. So first of all, Martha. I always love Martha. Because Martha is, she's a behind-the-scenes saint. One of these unsung heroes. And there's a lot of Marthas in the history of the world who were never canonized as saints. But they are saints in heaven. Because they were doing all of the small little tasks and works that no one ever saw. They were behind the scenes, but they were doing them for God. And whenever we think of Martha, people always think, oh, the Martha and Mary story. Or Martha's complaining to Mary that she's not helping her with the service and the meal and everything. But they never see Martha in the Gospel of John. And Martha was the one who greeted Jesus when Lazarus had died. And Martha was also the one who made the confession of faith. There's only two people in the Gospels that ever made a confession that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. The first was Peter, where he's given the keys of the kingdom of God. The second was Martha. Do you imagine that? And Martha was not contemplative. She was active. She was one to work with her hands. She was in the kitchen. She was, you know doing the housework. And she was the one that said, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world. And through Martha's faith, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. She's not given credit. And then we see in this gospel, and it's toward the end of Jesus' life, notice Martha is serving, 
and she's serving a lot of people. This is like 15 people. There might have been more. There might have been 20, 25 people. She's serving a lot. I'm sure she had other help, but she, she, was, she was probably like the head server, you know, the head one in charge. And we, we call it the major domo. She was the major domo. And notice that she's not complaining that Mary's not helping. Notice that? This is a different Martha than in the Gospel of Luke. She's content with being a humble servant of the Lord. She's content because she saw what Jesus did. She saw that Jesus raised her brother from the dead, and it probably increased her faith even more. And so I can imagine Martha, when she's serving, she's probably got like a little song. She probably got, you know, a Hebrew song in her head. While she's serving, she's probably singing at the top of her voice, and she's joyful serving the dishes, doing little things for the Lord. That's why she's a saint, because she does the little things. And some people don't get credit for doing little things behind the scenes, but there are many saints like that. And so that's the first person is Martha. Second character is Lazarus who's reclining at table with him. So Jews, when they would eat, it's, it's wrong. Sometimes in their portraits or pictures, we always picture Jesus sitting down at a table. That's actually not how they would eat in ancient culture. They would actually have pillows, and they would rest their arm on a pillow, and they would have their feet out, almost like a couch. They would be resting. And they would have one hand for kind of grabbing the food and eating, the other resting. And it was always a choice of honor if you were right beside, say, the guest of honor. Of course, Jesus was the guest of honor, and Lazarus was right beside him. And who knows what Jesus and Lazarus were talking about. I'm sure Lazarus probably said, thank you for raising me from the dead. Think about that. Think about the gratitude. If you were dead and you were raised back to life and you were sitting right next to the person who raised you back to life, wouldn't you be grateful? Wouldn't you be grateful? And we could say Lazarus was in Eucharistic adoration. There he is in Eucharistic adoration. But he's enjoying himself with Jesus. And Lazarus becomes a sign of who Jesus is. That's why others wanted to come and see Lazarus himself to see, is he, is he really alive? You know, he probably were touching him and are you really alive? And he probably said, yep, I'm really alive, speaking. Jesus raised me from the dead. So that's the second person. The third person, Mary. And Mary is a wonderful saint. She's the contemplative. So her personality is different from Martha. Martha's a doer. Where Mary is a contemplative. She's always at the feet of Jesus. She's always there contemplating. She would be the one who's in Eucharistic adoration all the time. She would be the one who's praying. She would be the one that we would say is like a cloistered nun. She's there. And Mary does not speak a lot of words, but she shows a lot about with her actions. And what does she do in the house? She takes a liter 
of costly perfumed oil. You know how much a liter is? Like this much of oil. It's, it's a lot. And it's costly perfumed oil. So that means that probably Martha, Lazarus, and Mary were wealthy to afford this oil. And it's made from genuine aromatic nard. And what does she do? She takes the oil and she pours it all over Jesus' feet. And she probably had long hair and she took her hair and she wiped his feet with her hair. And the other two gospels in Matthew and Mark, they say that she anointed Jesus' head. And scripture scholars always want to make a contention. Well, was it the head? Was it the feet? I say, maybe it was both. You ever think that it was both? Maybe some of the gospel writers just said, well, it was the head. They just wrote the head. And John writes the feet to show Mary's humility, that Mary's at the feet. And maybe it was both. But maybe they just don't record everything. Maybe it was his whole body. Who knows? She poured it all over his head. It was dripping down on his garments. And then it was on his feet. And then the fragrance from that oil, the oil must have been marvelous. The fragrance from it, that oil, perfumed not only Jesus, but the entire house. You'd see the fragrance, you know, fragrance or oil is a sign of the Holy Spirit. So it's like the Holy Spirit is there. The fragrance of God is there. Just, you know, it, just bring in that beautiful fragrance into the house. And everyone that's in the house at the dinner smells that fragrance. And all should be joyful with that fragrance of Jesus. Because Jesus, why did she do it? Because Jesus raised her brother from the dead. And so this was the way that she was showing her gratitude to Jesus. Thank you for raising my brother from the dead. And so she got the best of the best for Jesus. Sometimes we think, no, 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 no. It should be given to the poor. Let's not adorn our churches with beautiful things. No, always, always like what St. John Vianney said. He said, nothing for me, but he said, everything for God. Give the best for God. And that's what he did in his little parish. Of any contributions he got, he would adorn the house of God, the church, with the most beautiful artwork and things. And it's wonderful when we have churches that show the beauty of God. We could be like a Judas Iscariot, or we could be like a Mary. And so with these three wonderful characters, Martha, Lazarus, and Mary, we have the opposite, Judas Iscariot. And so as Judas smells the fragrance, instead of rejoicing in the fragrance, what does he do? When he smells the fragrance, immediately he puts a price on it. Immediately he's thinking about how much did this cost? And he knows how much it costs because he says, why was this oil not sold for 300 days wages and given to the poor? He knows how much it costs. It costs over 300 days wages. So that means it would have cost an entire salary, someone's entire salary for an entire year. 
and, he's, and he tries to put piety in there. See, see the mask that he's wearing? He's wearing a mask, and he says, and given to the poor. He knows the price of it. And he says, why is it not given to the poor? Why did he want it given to the poor? Because he actually wanted that oil to be sold and then given to him because he kept the money bag, because that's what John said. He kept the money bag. So he wanted that money and his money bag. He, he was like the economic of the community, the bursar. And he wanted it in his money bag so that he could dip his hand in there and take some of that money for himself, because that's what John said, that he held the money bag and he used to steal from the contributions. So this fragrance of oil did not lead Judas to gratitude. And actually, he was, he was also affecting the other apostles, because it says in the other gospels that the other apostles were indignant at Mary. And Jesus had to correct them, had to admonish them. And he admonishes Judas in front of everyone. He says, leave her alone. So let her keep this for the day of my burial. See how Jesus is thinking about his passion. Let her keep it for the day of my burial. And you see that where the Marys come with the aromatic nards, with the spices to anoint the body of Jesus. And then he says, you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. And he's admonishing Judas. Sometimes when people are admonished, it's good for them because they say, good, I needed that. I needed to be admonished. I was, I was doing wrong. I said something wrong. Thank you for correcting me. You, you ever go back in your life and see, you know, when your parents corrected you when you were younger? You know, you did something stupid. Like in your teenage years, you did something stupid. I can remember a lot of stupid things, but I won't confess those right now in my homily. I did a lot of stupid things. And your parents correct you. And they punish you. They discipline you. And now looking back on it, I say, good, I deserved it. I deserved it. I deserved that admonishment. It was good for me. Help me to grow. Help me to learn. So some people, when they receive admonishment, it's good. They accept it. Maybe they don't accept it right away, but they, they can learn from it. But other people, you admonish them. They harden their hearts even more. How dare you admonish me? How dare you tell me what to do? Who do you think you are? And that was Judas's heart. So when Jesus admonished Judas, he had this heart of, how dare you correct me in front of others? How dare you tell me what, it, what should have been done with the aromatic nard and the money? And the other Gospels, it says Judas left and Satan entered into him. And at that moment, Judas then went to the chief priests and he said, how much will you give me? for handing him over to you. See, he was still thinking about money. He was greedy. He couldn't get the money from this aromatic nard. And so he's going to try to get money for betraying Jesus from the chief priests. How much will you give me? And they give him 30 pieces of silver. 
And so now it's not only the chief priests that are plotting to kill Jesus, and they want to kill Lazarus also, as it says at the end of this gospel. Because if they kill Lazarus, then they can prove Jesus is a fake. They did not really raise Lazarus from the dead. But not only are the chief priests plotting against Jesus, now it's one of his own. It's one of his own who he trusted, who he ate with and ministered with. It's one of his own who hates him and is going to betray him. It was at this moment that Judas finally, he made up his mind, I've had enough with Jesus. And so he's going to turn him in to the chief priest. So he's going to try to find a way of turning him in to the chief priest. Again, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. The other apostles do not know. Jesus knows. Jesus can see the wolf. The other apostles still see a sheep, but Jesus still sees the wolf. That's there. And that's why Jesus talks about his burial, because he refers to his passion. He knows that the betrayal is there. He knows when, G when Judas walks out of that dinner, what Judas is going to do. And you see that in the gospel tomorrow on Tuesday and on Wednesday, where Jesus re then reveals to the apostles that one of them is about to betray him. And the apostles do not know. Jesus is so prudent. Even with Judas's own sins, he's still trying to give Judas every chance of repentance. But the apostles do not know until the agony in the garden when Jesus is arrested. Then they find out that Judas was the betrayer. But up to them, they did not know, maybe except for John, who Jesus just revealed it secretly when he dipped the morsel, and which was actually a sign of a toast to someone when he dipped the morsel and then he gave it to Judas. It was actually a sign of a toast to Jesus. Jesus was trying every way to save Judas. So in this wonderful dinner that you see in Bethany, the house of Simon the leper, you see with Jesus, good becoming even better, becoming heroic saints, Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. And even we, we celebrate now their feasts Pope Francis has included their feast in the calendar. St. Martha, we had St. Martha before, but now we have St. Lazarus and St. Mary. The good become better. But then, sometimes with Jesus, the bad become worse. And they become even worse because Satan entered into the heart of Judas. That's how bad Judas became. To a point, who knows if he was possessed. Satan entered his heart. That's why Jesus is that sign of contradiction. Either he's going to bring the best out of you, or, or the worst will come out of you. Not that Jesus will bring the worst out of you, but the person's heart hardening 
that the worst can come out of them and the person of Jesus Christ. And so that's our lesson today. And when we encounter Jesus, which road do we want to take? Which road? We have beautiful examples here, three different personalities, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And then we have a really bad example of Judas Iscariot, very greedy, very prideful. Which road do we want to choose when we encounter the person of Jesus Christ? Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.